actress Katherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 today. told you in the past to always try to be aware of your surroundings and keep your eyes out for trouble. Basic situational awareness. But even with that, sometimes even with the best situational awareness, it's not enough. No matter who you are, you can be ambushed. Completely set up, then taken advantage of, and possibly hurt, or worse. In this episode... I'm going to talk about an incident where just that exact thing happens. And just like any episode, listener discretion is advised on this one. Especially with the call and with the details of what happened. Welcome back to another episode of Music City 911. Address of your emergency. Sixteen twenty. Green place. Sixteen twenty what? Green place. I can't. I can't understand the street. Green place. Green place. Green like the color. Yeah. What's the phone number you're calling me from? Okay. What? Tell, tell me what happened. She cut me. Who cut you? Downstairs. I don't know. Okay, hold on. Hang on. Hold on. Please. I'm downstairs. Okay, who cut you? This girl. I was wanting to be hurt. What did she cut you with? I'm nine. I'm pregnant. She got my stomach. I'm afraid. She cut you in your stomach? Uh-huh. I'm pregnant. Okay. What is the suspect's name? 
What's your name? Hang on, okay? I'm going to just... She is. I know you need to stay on the phone with me, okay? I'm getting everybody to you, okay? I know you stay with me, okay? I got everybody coming to help you. You stay on the phone. Don't hang up. 2102, 2121 to 1620 Green Place, 1620 Green Place for stabbing. That page, Lincoln 13-2014-43. No, no. You stay with me. Don't go to sleep. You stay with me. You're downstairs in the basement. No. And are you alone? Yeah. Okay. I love Thank you. Michelle, don't don't you go to sleep, okay? You stay on the phone with me. Can you tell me did she have any other weapons besides a knife? She broke a glass. She broke a glass? Did she stab you with yeah. the broken glass also? Yeah. Okay. Michelle, you need to think real hard and tell me who it is that did this. Tell me the person's name. Think real hard, okay? Don't go to sleep. Stay with me. Tell me who it is. You don't know? Have you, did, did she break into the house? Does she live there? Is, no, it's her house. It's her house, okay. So you're a renter there and she she's the owner of the house? Uh-uh, no. I wanted to Okay, everybody's headed your way, okay? You Can you spell your last name for me? No. What? Do you have a towel on that? They're on their way, okay? I need you to take a towel and put it on your wound. How many wounds do you have? More than one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, help, help. Everybody's on their way, okay? Was anyone else in the house when this happened? Mm-mm. No? Just you and her? Were you having a fight? Mm-mm. You were just trying to leave? Mm-mm. How old are you? Twenty-six. Can you tell me what apartment number are you in, Michelle? Sixteen twenty. Sixteen twenty. Is it A, B, C, or D? It's like the first one on the row. 
This was a hard call to listen to. A lot of reasons. Before we get into it, the dispatcher, she was asking some really good questions in there. And other than the obvious questions like trying to get the address and other questions about what generally happened, what I like more than anything, she kept the victim talking. She said, don't go to sleep. She wanted to try and keep her as alert as possible during this and until help arrived. This is very important. If she would have passed out, there could have been a number of bad things that would have happened. They may not have found out the correct location or got any of the vital info that they needed. And past that, most importantly, it could have had grave consequences for the victim and her injuries. The call itself Man, it was a bad one. Most agencies will have a stabbing from time to time. Most of the time, it's someone calling in that's not involved with it, or it may be the actual victim, but they're stabbed in the arm or some non-vital area. Of course, they're distraught, but nothing like this. She is saying that she was cutting her stomach, and there towards the end of the call, she said her intestines were out. Getting into the details about what happened, this all occurred in Boulder County, Colorado in 2015. The victim here, Michelle Wilkins, as she stated in the call, was pregnant. She had looked online on Craigslist to try to find some maternity clothes. She exchanged correspondence with a seller that had some clothes that she was wanting to get and agreed to go and meet at her house to purchase them. When she got there, the suspect in this, 36-year-old Danelle Lane, hadn't planned on selling her maternity clothes at all. She was luring in a victim to be ambushed. Michelle walked inside the house, and after chatting for around an hour, mostly about the pregnancy, then the conversation shifted to her own problems with family and reproductive issues. Danelle asked if she wanted any baby clothes, since she wouldn't need them anymore. She took Michelle downstairs into a bedroom and then started assaulting her. Michelle was hit in the back several times. She tried to hit her head against the wall. At one point, she was pushed onto a bed and was nearly suffocated with a pillow. Then Danelle grabbed a lava lamp that was nearby and broke it over Michelle's head. It was somewhere around that point that Michelle passed out. She woke to find that she'd been cut in the neck, but worse, had a hip-to-hip laceration in her pelvic area. As I noted before, Michelle on the 911 call said her intestines were out. 
There was a reason for that. Donnell cut Michelle's abdomen and removed her fetus. If this wasn't bad enough, Donnell took the fetus upstairs to a bathtub where she laid inside of it. Her longtime partner came home and asked what had happened. She was covered in blood. Donnell said she had a miscarriage and it was her baby. This would have been impossible since she had her tubes tied the year before. The baby was already dead. Something I've done in the show a few times in the past, but haven't in a while. I'm going to play some of the audio from inside the courtroom. I think a lot of this is going to shed a little bit more light on it than I can do justice here. The first clip we're going to hear is from one of the responding officers that quickly arrived on the scene. What, <clears throat> describe how she appeared to you at that point. She was covered, um, covered from head to toe in blood. Um, and then the entire room was also blood everywhere. Okay. And could you tell whether <laughs> could you tell whether Ms. Wilkins was injured? Yes. And was she? Yes, she was. And can you describe the injuries you saw? I had to get closer to her. Um, as soon as I entered the room, I went straight to the side of the bed where she was, um, and began to ask her what had, what happened and where she was injured. And she pointed to her stomach and said she had been stabbed in her stomach. Did you look at her stomach? I did. She had um, maternity pants on and the stretchy material. So I pulled them up and looked down and saw a very large injury to her. And can you describe uh, concisely what you saw? I saw her intestines hanging out of her stomach. Okay. Was Ms. Wilkins conscious? She was. And did you talk to her? I did, yes, sir. Um, what did she say? I asked her where else she was injured. Um, what did she tell you? She told me, she pointed to her neck, and I observed an injury roughly in this area of her neck. Was that injury, the injury to her neck, was that bleeding? It was, yes, sir. Bleeding heavily or lightly or how? Um, I guess a medium flow. Blood was... Constantly coming out of it. Okay. And uh, did she describe any other injuries for you at that point? I don't recall. I just focused on those two. Did she say anything to you about being pregnant? What did she say? I asked her, I was trying to figure out what was going on, um, and I asked her what happened, and she said that she was answering a Craigslist ad and that she didn't live at the residence. So then I I said, well, you don't live here. You know, what, what's your name? She said, my name's Michelle. Um, and I said, well, who did this to you? And she said, D, she's the lady of the house. Okay. Did you know who that was? No, I did not. Okay. The next clip I have is of the victim describing what happened. And you felt, do you feel pain? I did, but, it but there was so much adrenaline also, I think. Okay. And when she hit you over the head with the bottle, did you feel pain? Yes. Okay. And then when in this kind of sequence of events was she trying to choke you? Before, I'm 
throughout, really, the whole time she was trying to trip me. Okay. And at some point, did you pass out? I did. After she broke the bottle over my head and stabbed me, um, and she was trying to choke me, I remember she... I remember um, thinking of Aurora and feeling like I really... I just thought of her and I felt like I wanted to survive also for her. And so I thought that harder. And I remember she got up, she went, she was straddling me before and she went further up and actually pinned down my arms um, with her knees. Can I approach you? Yeah. And she um, pinned down my arms with her legs. Okay. And actually used, um, I remember she was trying so hard to choke me, and then she, when she got closer, she just bore it down with her whole weight on the heel of her hand over my windpipe. And I just remember everything going black. Okay. Now, did you ever see the defendant with a knife? I didn't. Okay. After you went, everything went black. Um, tell the jury what you remember next. So... I woke up on the floor of the room, and I remember my first instinct was to get up, and I just felt this really intense pain in my stomach. And Ms. Wilkins, do you know how long you had been passed out? No. All right, so you woke up, you're on the floor, you weren't on a bed. Okay. And I tried to move, um, and I just felt this really intense pain in my stomach. And I looked down and, you know, I just saw this really big cut across my stomach. And um, I pulled my pants for, you know, high-waisted pregnancy pants. So I, I pulled them up, and I started looking around the room. Things started coming back about, you know, how she had attacked me. So. You know, I kind of started thinking, maybe she's still in the house. Should I go? I can't outrun her. You know, if I'm in so much pain, I can't outrun her if I go through the front door. And there was a window, um, and I was kind of putting together an escape plan in my head. You know, should I climb out the window or make a run further? And the first thing I thought I would do was um, just block the door. And so I just stood up. And um, my legs, my feet couldn't support me. So I just fell forward and on top of my hand. And when I did that, I just felt the blood seeping through my pants. And, and I could feel my intestines outside of my body. Okay. And so I could. Is, is it fair to say you didn't think you could climb out the window? Yes. Did you try to shut the door? I willed myself to stand and stumble towards the door. And, um, you know, my vision felt really blurry. So I feel like, you know, I like closed the lock or put the lock. And when I turned around, next to the bed were still both of our cell phones. I guess it was hers. I saw mine and another cell phone. 
And so I just stumbled back to the bed and laid down on my back to, and picked up my phone. Okay, so you picked up your phone to call 911. And were you able to call 911? I was. Okay. Um, now, did you put your your uh, code into your phone? No, it's like my I kept trying to put my code in, and I my fingers were fumbling, and so it accidentally swiped onto the emergency screen. So I ended up just making the call from there. Okay. And uh, somebody answered at 911. Yes. And uh, you were on the phone for a while. I was. Yes. Were you able to give him the address? Yes. And then what happened? So, um, I don't really remember much of the conversation, um, only that, you know, I was talking for the whole duration, and, and they kept saying, I kept asking for help, um, because, you know, just staying present was really difficult at the time. And, so they kept saying that help was going to, they were on their way. And um, eventually I actually heard the cops knock on the door and I told that, I told her that they were there, that the police were there. The suspect, Danelle, was also taken to the hospital, but it was before Michelle got there. The surgeon that was on duty at the hospital testified as well. When you went over to the ER, was the patient that you were there to attend to, was that Dinelle Lane? Yes. And that's the defendant in this case? Correct. And when you got over there, did you attend to her, to Miss Lane, the defendant? Uh, when I arrived, um, one of the emergency department nurses um, saw me. She kind of gave me a quick story uh, that... Uh, Danielle apparently had uh, delivered preterm baby at home. The placenta, uh, she had said, was still attached to the baby. Um, I saw the neonatal nurse practitioner was there, and apparently they had already pronounced the baby dead. Um, when I arrived, uh, Danielle and another man were sitting in chairs sort of facing the back wall, and the man was holding uh, the baby weeping. Um, and so I kind of, you know, I asked how Danelle was doing. The nurse said she seemed to be fine. I actually kind of looked over. She was wearing long pants. I just wanted to make sure she was, wasn't bleeding. I didn't see any obvious uh, evidence of hemorrhage. So at that time, I decided to, um, you know, let them grieve. She, she seemed to be stable. I asked the nurse to give her Pitocin, which is a medication we often give after delivery just to make sure that uh, the uterus uh, tightens down so a woman doesn't bleed. And uh, I said I would see her back in about an hour when they had brought her up to the labor and delivery floor uh, so I could evaluate her there. I didn't feel it was necessary to you know, perform a pelvic exam on her at that time. You indicated when you went in the room that the baby was being held by a gentleman and that uh, he was crying. What would you describe as being uh, Miss Lane's demeanor at that time? Um, she wasn't saying anything. She was sort of on his left, just kind of looking over at him, um, just sort of a, a, kind of a blank sort of look on her face. You know, I, I couldn't really tell, and I didn't, you know, again, feel it was necessary to 
uh, really talk to her and get any specifics at that time. So I can't really comment much further. Okay. At some point, though, did you go back and talk to her about what had brought her to the emergency room that day? Yes. And what did she say to you at that time? So at that time, she was uh, in what's called our postpartum unit, you know, where women are after uh, they deliver. Um, and I asked... I'm sorry, can I stop you there for yeah. a second? Um, at this point, when you are going back the second time to talk to her, do you know about Michelle Wilkins being brought to the hospital yet? Yes, this is after I had taken care of uh, Michelle in the emergency department. She was being transported down to the operating room, so I knew I had a few minutes, so then I uh, went back upstairs. Actually, I saw, I think, Danelle twice upstairs, once <laughs> before I went to the operating room with Michelle, and then later that evening. Um, after that, the detective had said they were waiting for a some sort of court order, judge order, uh, for me to be able to perform a physical exam on Danelle. So law enforcement was at the hospital with Ms. Lane when you went to talk to her about some specifics? Yes. Okay. And so I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you were getting to, to talk about the things that she told you. So she told me that um, she was at home and that a pregnant woman had come to her house uh, to purchase some baby clothes. And that while she was there, the uh, that Michelle had... Uh, for some reason, attacked her, attacked Danelle with a knife. Did she use the name Michelle or? or? No, that it, this uh, another woman had attacked her with a knife. Okay. I'm sorry again. I That's didn't okay. Go ahead. Um, she then said that uh, afterwards, then this woman has started. The pregnant woman had started stabbing herself, and that Danelle was concerned about the welfare of the baby. And so Danelle felt she had to save the baby's life and therefore cut the baby uh, out of her. Ultimately, at some point uh, that day or that evening, did you eventually uh, perform any kind of medical examination on the defendant? Yeah, performed a physical exam, pelvic exam, uh, and then we performed a uh, ultrasound on her uterus. And were you able to determine at that time whether there was any findings or evidence of her being recently pregnant? No, there's none. So uh, kind of going back a little bit, you said that you initially uh, went into the defendant's room. She seemed to be okay, so she left, or excuse me, you left. And then at some point while you're still at the hospital, does Ms. Wilkins come in or where, what are you doing when she comes in? Um, so, you know, initially I went to the emergency room when I saw that she appeared to be stable and that's when they were holding the baby. And um, I told the nurse I would, you know, come back about an hour later when she was upstairs. So then I started walking back across the street to uh, my office. And as I was walking out of the ER, I heard overhead that there was a trauma arriving in 10 minutes. And as I was walking across the street, I thought, gosh, we haven't had a, an OB trauma in years. It's been quite a while. Just as I got back to the office, the ER called me again and said that there was an obstetrical trauma, that there was a woman who was seven months pregnant who had been stabbed. 
And so then I ran back across the street to the ER, um, and we all waited in the trauma room of the emergency department um, for the paramedics to bring Michelle to the hospital. And ultimately, is she brought to the hospital? Yeah, so she was, uh, you know, brought in uh, by the paramedics. They're bringing her down the hall, and then as we were uh, sort of moving her over onto the emergency department bed, Michelle was sitting up. Um, she was awake, but you know, very delirious. She couldn't really answer any questions. Uh, she had her hands. She had a, a large laceration across her abdomen. Um, so she had a large laceration across her abdomen, and she had uh, her small intestines were out of her abdomen, and she was kind of holding them in her hands. Before the trial was over, Michelle had a statement that she made. I did not learn until the trial just how many opportunities you had to do the right thing and then chose not to. You embraced your narcissistic fantasy to fulfill the lie you created, and it was more important than my right to live and Aurora's right to live. This is a picture of her. But I fervently hope that you use the rest of your time on this earth with meditation and prayer to help you come to terms with what you have done. It is your only chance for healing the hurt that you have caused. Ms. Lane planned this attack and left Ms. Wilkins to bleed out and die. Ms. Lane is to be sentenced to a sentence the court finds, having considered the mitigating circumstances and the aggravating circumstances that totals 100 years in the Department of Corrections to be followed by the mandatory periods of parole. During the trial, the suspect, Danelle, said that she didn't want the baby to die too. So she tried to remove the baby so it would be able to live after the victim in this possibly would die. That was never her intent. Police did a search of her computer and found that her browser history showed that she looked up the technique to do a C-section. That was her plan all along. I'm not sure if it was explicitly said, but I believe that her plan was to remove this baby and keep it as her own. The last clip that we have is the judge reading the verdict. Court will now read the verdict form. Jury verdict count number one, criminal attempt to commit first degree murder. We, the jury, find the defendant, Dinell Catrice Lane, guilty of attempt to commit murder in the first degree. We further find with respect to the verdict questions for this count as follows. Did Ms. Lane use or possess and threaten the use of a deadly weapon? Yes. Did Ms. Lane cause serious bodily injury or death? Yes. Jury verdict count number two. Assault in the first degree, throat area by means of hands, a knife, or cutting instrument. We, the jury, find the defendant, Dinell Catrice Lane, guilty of count number two, assault in the first degree. Jury verdict count number three. Assault in the first degree, abdomen area by means of a knife or cutting instrument. We, the jury, find the defendant, Dinell Catrice Lane, 
guilty of count number three, assault in the first degree. Jury verdict count number four, assault in the second degree, head area by means of a bludgeon. We, the jury, find the defendant, Dinell Catrice Lane, guilty of count number four, assault in the second degree. Jury verdict count number five, assault in the second degree, throat area by means of hands. We, the jury, find the defendant, Dinell Catrice Lane, guilty of count number five, assault in the second degree. Jury verdict count number six, unlawful termination of a pregnancy in the first degree. We, the jury, find the defendant, Dinell Catrice Lane, guilty of unlawful termination of a pregnancy in the first degree. For the crimes that she committed that day, Dinell was sentenced to 100 years in prison. The victim has recovered physically, but I don't think that she'll ever be able to fully recover mentally. That's going to do it for this episode. As always, follow the show on all social media. Be sure to share the show with everyone you know. And while I have you here, jump over to the Music City 911 website and click on the link to pick up a t-shirt or other items. You can find that at musiccity911.com. Also, if you want ad-free episodes and bonus content, including bonus episodes, of which a new one was just posted, head over to patreon.com slash musiccity911. For Music City 911, I'm Brandon. And y'all have a good one. As always, follow the show on all social media. Be sure to share the show with everyone you know. And while I have you here, jump over to the Music City 911 website and click on the link to pick up a t-shirt or other items. You can find that at musiccity911.com. Also, if you want ad-free episodes and bonus content, including bonus episodes, of which a new one was just posted, head over to patreon.com slash musiccity911. For Music City 911, I'm Brandon, and y'all have a good one.